Recording straight out of Fife, Scotland. You're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast for your hosts, Stuart Sullen and Magic Mike Christie. Hey. Welcome to episode 204 of the Films and Swearing movie podcast. And welcome to... Never mind, it's November. Yep. Fuck it, let's watch what we want. Or what Twitter has decided for us. Yeah. Tonight we start our season with 2001's Ghosts of Mars. Or, if you're looking at it in Sky, John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Obviously that film needed a big selling point. Let's slap the director's name in front of it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it can do. It's a Carpenter film we can cross off the list. Definitely. Um, other fine examples that I remember that people do of this is like when they were marketing Jet Li movies. It was uh, like Jet Li's The Defender or Jet Li's The, the Enforcer. Enforcer. Yeah. And then you had Quentin Tarantino presents Hero. Well, was there? What else was there? Oh, but and suppose I think people genuinely went to the pictures thinking Tarantino directed Jet Li in like a big art house. Colourful flying <laughs> martial arts film. But no, he but just presented yeah. it. And that was always the weirdest title. Does it mean like he stands in front, like, like when the film starts, it comes to like Tarantino in his house, like, hey, I'm going to put a film on, all right? Here you go. It's always the weirdest title, presented by Quentin Tarantino. It's like, did he bring the film? Yeah. Did he bring it from China? Try to think another example about the whole presents and stuff. I think the other, other than presents, there's always Jackie Chan's. Who am I? Yeah, I mean he's in the film, but aye, but it's just like the title alone ah. isn't enough. Remember when DVD just come out mm-hmm. and you used to get the four films on one disc? Yes, and there would be big fucking marquee names like your Jet Li and Jackie Chan and whatever. Aye. But they started with only being one scene in the film. Yes. Uh, I think a famous one I can remember is Jackie Chan's Rumble in Hong Kong. Ah, uh, yeah. And he plays, like, thug number two, and he's got, like, a big black mole on his chin. <laughs> Yet they put his face on every cover, and it was, it'd be... You can still find it in probably every charity shop in the high street. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think of another one. There was always, um, like, you got, like, was it not like Game of Death 2? Yes. And I well, like, Bruce Lee, but it was Bruce L.I. Bruce Lai. Or Bruce Lung, and, and then, or Dragon Lee. Yes, there's yeah. quite a lot. Of, I think there's a whole sub-genre. You know how you get, like, black exploitation. You also get, um, I was going to say Bruce exploitation, but... <laughs> I was going to say white exploitation. <laughs> I think they cry the clones of Bruce Lee. Mm. Ah. Because that's it. There's always like, enter the dragon snake fist and fucking let's just change or enter the monkey. And what's it? And just put Dragon Lee on the front. Yeah. He looks awfully, awfully like Bruce Lee. Not really. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about the film. Aye. Okay. Go to Mars from director John Carpenter. Written by Larry, Larry Sakalis and I will say John Carpenter. Yeah. I did look into Larry Sakalis, but he's not really got much credits. No. Uh, writing credits, that was his last writing credit, Ghost of Mars. That pretty much killed him, eh? 
I, I never checked to see if he's actually dead. That, it could be one of those things. It's like, ah, oh, strange. You never done anything after 2001. So, the film stars Natasha Henstridge. Henstridge, yes. Uh, as Lieutenant Melanie Bollard. Uh, Ice Cube as Desolation Williams. That is a very mm. fucking out there name for a character. Yes. And he pulls off like a name like that. You've got to be, a, you've got to be some cunt. You can't like Desolation Williams, and then turn around and oh, it's Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. You don't expect that. You're expecting, was it? Is it Tony Tiny Lister? Ah, uh, like that. Like names like that. It's like ah, you you're ex- you don't want to share a cell with Desolation Williams. You know you're gonna be walking like John Wayne after spending a night with Desolation Williams. <laughs> Um, Jason Statham as Jericho Butler. Uh, is it Clea Duvall? Don't know. I can't really think uh, how you pronounce it. As uh, as Kincaid, I can't pronounce his first name. Pam Greer shows up as Commander Helena Braddock, and what's it? Joanna Cassidy is Whitok. Yeah. Prototype Jane Lynch. Yeah, I know. And Richard Serratrone as Big Daddy Mars. I don't think they ever really had a point where we got to find out the name of the big bad alien, but yeah. I guess that was his name, Big Daddy Mars. I wonder how many fucking cups of coffee John had thinking of that name. Aye. Like, that was like a post-it note, think of real character name later and just never got around to it. Yeah. So, like, was this the first time you've seen Ghosts of Mars? No, um, I think I've seen it maybe two or three times, but this is probably like my second like like proper watch yet. Aye. I've definitely not seen it in about ten years anyway. Right, so just like back in the day. Aye. So, aye, because that's it. This film is from 2001, yet yeah, it looks like it's something from... The fucking nineties. Yeah, that's that's the most bewildering thing about this. This was my first watch of the film. I think I tried to to watch it in the past. Like you always see it on Sky or Now TV, and then when you go to look for it, and it's fallen off. Mm. Or it's the I think it was Netflix because that and Vampires were both on at one point, uh, and I managed to watch Vampires, and then when I got around to Ghosts of Mars, gone. Yeah. So I was glad when seeing it go online. I thought, right, fuck it, let's put that in for. For November. Yeah. Because that's it, I thought. We went with the two choices of, well, four choices. I think I chose uh, four choices for our Twitter polls. Two films I'd seen, two films I've not seen, which yeah. I fancied seeing. So, Ghost of Mars was one, and uh, Mandy was my other one. Yeah. Like, I have it right there, but I just need an excuse to watch it. I can't just watch it, which is, yeah, sounds backwards, but. I was kind of surprised that Ghost of Mars won, won the vote. Yes. Considering, like, it's kind of like, like, like the poll that I put up for, like, my films. And, mm. like, Death Proof was, like, the, like, the unanimous winner. Aye. And I was kind of surprised because that's, like, two films. That's, like, probably in people's minds, like, two of the worst films for that director. Mm-hmm. So, it's surprising that that... Stood it huge against yeah others. So, what's your opinion of the film? Oh, uh, sorry. Um, I said, like, get out. <laughs> I didn't mind it. 
I mean, I, I remember watching it when I was younger and I quite liked it because I was kind of at that age where even though it's like classes of horror film, it's, it's not really as mean. It's got like horror elements and mm-hmm. all that, but it's just more like a sci-fi action film. Eh? Totally. And I mean, I can, I was big on Jason Statham at that point because he was in like Snatch and Jet Li's The One. <laughs> yes, Jet Li's The One, you're right. Um, and I think it was like the like the soundtrack as well that kind of... Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm pretty sure my dad actually, I watched it because my dad was fucking like quite big on like Carpenter's films. Like, he was the one that got me into like, Escape from New York and stuff. Yeah. And I think we sat down and watched this and he was kind of quite chuffed with what he said. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, on, 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 a, on the watch today when I ran through it, I didn't mind it. It's, it's kind of a guilty pleasure maybe. I can see that, totally. I mean, it's an easy watch, like, you just switch your brain off and just fucking sit for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Aye, I would agree with that, definitely. Uh, so, that's been your first watch, what did you think of it? It's not terrible. That was, like, my surprise. Because it's one of those things where you've not... Like, between us, we've watched the majority of Carpenter's catalogue by now. Yeah. And Ghost of Mars was that one where it's like, oh, fuck, that's a bit... Uh, like that in the ward. I was fucking see when we see when we seen him last month. I would have been blown away if somebody brought like a copy of that to be signed. Aye, like the ball's on you, son. Yeah. Aye, because I didn't see a lot of people with the ward to get signed. No, nah. nah. But when watching it, it's like, you know what? This isn't as bad as that. I th- it might have just because I went in with like a really low expectation. Yeah. And I expected the worst, but there's been one or two people that says. You know what? Isn't it actually a bad film? Yeah. Like, it's something that if you watched it when you're like 15 years old and you think, oh, this is fucking brilliant. Like, they're kind of running about with machine guns, heavy metal soundtrack, aliens. The only thing you're missing is boobs. Uh, and then it was like everything a 15 year old needs in a film. Yeah. But I, I came out, by the time it finished, like, you know what? It was like a decent wee action film. As you said, you can switch your mind off. You don't need to think about what's going on. You're just watching. Ice Cube running down the street with like dual machine guns just spraying motherfuckers. Yeah. And all just the random violence. Like seeing cunts like whipping saw blades at people and just seeing fucking limbs come flying off is always entertaining. Uh, It was was pretty violent at some points, like the the whole heads on the stick. Aye. I mean, I agree, like, it's it's alright. It's it's definitely not his best one. And it's. There's still a few films I've still yet to see on mm. his catalogue, so I'd probably say it's definitely not his worst either. Aye, that's it. And I would say, like, if you've been on a scale, it's probably in the lower end, but it's yeah. just probably because all the other films I've seen of his I really liked. Yeah. So it, I feel it'd probably hang about the middle, but maybe towards the lower end yeah. of it if we had to put in, like, a like a top ten or something. Aye. But I did... One, I did have one thought when watching it because I'd overheard it. It was either on another podcast or it was people that I was talking to or, or something I've read online, but people had compared it to Assault and Precinct 13 mm. in the sense that it's pretty much the same elements, but they're just on Mars. Whereas, okay. like, military cop or authority types have to team up, team up with the inmates, prisoners, outlaws to try and get themselves out of a sticky situation. And right enough, if those elements between Assault and Precinct 13 and Ghost of Mars are pretty much identical. 
And the fact that the prisoner is like this one lone badass character, Desolation Williams, and then the dude for Assault on Precinct 13, obviously, like, no, you can't trust this guy. He's like, oh, fuck. We might need this guy to fucking survive. So, when watching that, it's not a bad element to have in your film. I, well, I personally quite enjoy that. The people are pushed to a situation saying, fuck, right, we're going to have to trust the guy that we shouldn't be trusting. Yeah. And there's always like that element of, when is he going to double-cross you? Yeah. And it happens in here. Like, at random points where you have, like, Natasha's character and Ice Cube. And together, they actually work quite well together on screen. Aye. Maybe a, a tad cheesy at the ends. Yeah. Whereas they're all fucking sharing platinum fucking machine guns and Aye. it's almost like Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Yeah. It's like, I feel like they've just went through a fucking rush hour and this is them going out to fucking start fighting cunts. Like, wait a minute. These have got offy pally offy quick. Yeah. I mean, that was that was one of my notes was that how, like you're saying, it kind of borrows elements of like Assault and Precinct 13 and I kind of got a wee, a wee feel uh, um, the thing as well, like when when uh, Natasha Entrance's character was like possessed by the thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then when she go back to normal and that, they were asking if she was like the new one and stuff. It was like wee elements of that. And I was yeah. trying to think of another carpenter film that borrows for that bit. What is that? Obviously, I do, I'm not trying to compare it to The Fog, but that thing that comes from the tomb is more or less. A fog that, that possesses people, yeah. Um, because that more or less is the main enemy of the film, and all the people, all the the, the more or less like orcs at Lord of the Rings. But ah, uh, look at it. It's just because they're possessed with this spirit, and it just makes them go fucking daft. So I kind of like the story too that this when the the fucking the the demon possessed people, and when you killed the person just it would jump to it and look for the next one and you kind of got like that first person blurry red camera thing that was wasn't it a bad effect i was thought it was actually quite good that we saw it from its perspective so when it was going it was looking then it went through the cells and hits the old boy sitting there yeah. and it comes back and you just hear him going like having like a wee shudder uh. i could see what you mean by a comparison to the thing there because that's maybe the only thing that's missing from the thing is seeing it from the first person on who it's vic- choosing its victims. But also that wouldn't work in the thing. This is yeah another way you could kind of look at it. One thing also you can't forgive this film is the fact that Pam Greer is killed off so tragically quick. Yeah, and off screen as well. And off screen. What and like... That that just screams like there's a there was like a production issue or something like she stormed off the set and was, oh what now ah oh, fuck I guess we just have to say she died mm. because this is fucking Jackie Brown this is yeah. post Jackie Brown she should be like a red hot property she should be the leading lady and I mean because she was obviously big in like the black exploitation era as well exactly coffee like she would have been like a, a I was I was gonna say a black ass I mean a badass character. Like her toting a machine gun, fucking fighting aliens. Like yeah. That seems like a no-brainer. But it's just... Yeah, I was surprised about her getting killed off screen. Like. Aye, it was definitely like, oh, Like, that would have been good. But we never even got to see it. It was just the fact that Jason Statham gets, like, finds her, just sees her head being put on a stick. And he's, like, on his wee radio going, 
oh, we're in trouble. Like, this has happened. The fucking the general's gone. And one of the things I actually remember there is that they showed that scene twice. And so, like, from them getting the news and from him telling the news, but it's like they just repeated uh, the same clip of him talking to his radio, but then continued the scene after it. Uh, and I've, when looking at like Amazon One Star reviews, a common theme was people weren't particularly happy with the editing of this film. Mm. Now, it is 2001, and uh, I feel that, I think if it just the sense that there was, there was quite a lot of transitional camera effects used. Like, there sometimes there was, like, the zoom out or, like, swipe across yeah. the screen. But I did notice they used a fade quite a lot. Like, two folk walking down a corridor. And rather than just having them walk down the corridor, they faded the scene to them further down the corridor and faded to them at the end of the corridor. Uh, and it was like... It felt like it was slightly overused, but... Yeah. it's I guess that's just something technical you could... One of the things I kind of looked at this morning when I was watching it could be completely dead wrong as... as um, at the opening bit with the train, mm-hmm. it looked like it was just the same footage, the same footage used, but like kind of like done at a different angle and stuff. Aye, because it kind of come across as like it was just going past the same bit eh, time after time after time. Eh? Mm-hmm. I know I could, <clears throat> I could see where you're coming from from there, and it wouldn't be the first time that people's done that before. And even if it might be the same footage, but maybe reversed. Yeah, but. This film does look like... Well, it does feel like something that should have been released uh, maybe 10 years before it did. Uh, like, yeah. It came out in 2001, but it totally screams something from like the early 90s. Yeah. Like, the set... The set looks... old. It, it just looks like a big-ass movie set. Like you just got all this big red and orange rubble in the background uh. and... All the buildings, and of course, this, the the colonization of Mars. It just looks like one street of houses and a train station. Yeah. So you never get to see too much to it. I'm, like, whenever I like watch films today with Mars and all that, I always think of Total Recall. Yes. And I, and I think I always kind of think like, in this film, this film would have been perfect for a wee, like Schwarzenegger cameo as fucking Douglas Quaid. Aye. And, or whatever his alter ego is in the film. Mm-hmm. But, like, fucking maybe, like, mutinized or something. Aye, or, or something like a, a deep cut reference. Like, I'm sure I'm not asking for, like, a three-titted hooker <laughs> to be hanging about the train station <laughs> trying to talk to Desolation Williams, but just something. Aye. I didn't really, like, like, the... the no, I've got to do need is like why Ice Cube ruins most films that he's in, mm-hmm. and I mean, I still think he's kind of suited for like these type of roles because he's it's so fucking what's the word? It's so generic. Yeah, and I, and like I mean, while he was good in like Friday, like the Friday trilogy and stuff, but mm-hmm. like I fucking hated him in Fist Fight. Oh, I mean, he, he was alright in 21 Jump Street and 22, but he wasn't in that as much. No, and the role was quite, I think, just... Generic as well. Aye, ah, loud, shouty, sergeant. Yeah. And that suited him, because that's sort of his thing. Like, he kind of shouts dialogue at folk. Yeah, and, and I was like that, like, like this one as well. Like, with some of the choice of dialogue. And, and it's the way it's the way he talks, and he, it's the way, like, face kind of moves. It's kind of like a... Like he's kind of like trying to go for like a, 
what's the word, like a smirk or something. Mm-hmm. And it always just kind of like annoys me. And I always think that can they could have maybe got like a, a Chris Rock or a Chris Tucker or something like that. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, even Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I mean, I reckon if they got him in there, just because like he kind of has like more of a build than like than yeah. other than those names you've just mentioned there. They're all a bit thinner. Ice Cube's kind of a bit more heavy set, so he might have kind of looked more important, but I think he might have been the fucking shortest person in that film. Because when they all kind of stood together, he didn't look uh, as big, but it's hard to separate Ice Cube for, from him and the character he's playing, because it's just Ice Cube, eh? it's, Yeah, so it's basically, he just plays the same character in every film. Ah, he's, and you just feel like he's kind of just playing himself. It's, yeah. He's just acting like just a of cool, dangerous dudes, but yeah. it never really like fucking sets the world on fire. Like, he's no got these crazy performances, but used right, like a la twenty one, twenty two, Jump Street. Yeah, it fucking works perfect in like small doses and really turning them up to eleven. Yeah, of his own personality because that was it. Just like so, I was like you fuckers are going to college and things like that. Talking to fucking Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, like that worked perfectly. But yeah. as you said, small doses. I think, and who else could have played that role in that time? It's funny because well, uh... around then, like this is how narrow-minded I am. First thought was like Kurt Russell. <laughs> it was like two thousand one. He's just done a, like a Mars movie in Soldier, which is like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, was that set Mars as well? I think he ended up on like it might not be Mars, but it's like a. A trash planet that's similar to yeah. Mars. And you just think, what if they went in Desolation Williams was just an old, like, it's Snake. Mm. Imagine it. Yeah. As well, Jason Statham with hair. Yes, that shows you how it's old this film is. Very fucking weird. And I mean, he had, I mean, he had hair in Jet Li's the one he had hair in uh, Snatch. Aye. I'm trying to think what other stuff he was in around that time. Obviously, he's pretty much been bald yes. since then. He's been quite known as the fucking the bald yeah. Brit actor, but he was he was decent in it. He was yeah. he kind of got to see as the character he plays nine times out of ten in action films. Yeah, but aye. he's a little bit more of a sex pest in this one. Aye, uh, he's definitely <laughs> like, oh, don't be left alone with him. And he was at any chance he got a wee cheeky comment to. His, to Natasha yeah and even like that weird moment where he finds a bunker for them to shag like you know I think we're in a bad situation we probably won't live for much longer so you know it's nice it's compact no one will hear us <laughs> and she starts kissing him going aye why not and like that's a strange because part of it was thinking she was egging him on probably going to sink a knee into his balls uh. but no they just started making out it was like this seems uncharacteristic and then of course it was an ice cube shouting or something which fucking interrupted. Aye. But, aye. He was good, but just a bit too sleazy. Yeah. And to be honest, I thought he was going to make it to the end. Yeah, sort of that. I just seen it, because he just get, more or less gets jumped on the way to the train. Yeah. You don't, he doesn't actually have a violent death. Nah. Eh? Like he's, nah. like he's running, and then they just catch him. He's no like, eh, that Clea Duvall where she's sitting, ducking 
all these fucking blades, and then the third one just goes yeah. off, off with her head. Um, I think one of the redeeming qualities of this film is the fucking soundtrack. Aye, that's a strange hybrid, isn't and it? And it's, it's fucking weird that you actually decided to work with Anthrax for it. Yes. And the thing is, it, it works. Mm-hmm. It works so well, because yep. obviously it's, it's set in mar that, I mean... I wonder what you must have fucking thought about, you know, thinking, come up, I want to work with Anthrax. Aye, exactly. I mean, maybe maybe set his expectations too high and maybe thought, come up, I'll go with Metallica or Megadeth. Mm-hmm. But then they were probably busy soon, Napstar it's or like, something at that who's time. Who's the big four? Is it right? Okay, nope. Nope. But it was, it was definitely, because when you heard the music played, you were sort of just waiting for like, it was either like John Bush or like you were waiting for some cunt to start singing and you're like nobody's singing yeah. but you realise at the end like they've literally just teamed up together and done a soundtrack yeah. it's not like it's not like Cotton Amosh's playing or uh, fucking Antisocial it's just the fact that Anthrax has composed the score alongside John Carpenter yeah. and like that's really fucking unique to yeah. me anyway I, I don't remember any cunt else doing stuff like that other than maybe like Trent Reznor doing uh, his scores, but yeah, when you seen it at the end, it was it had I think it was like John Carpenter, Anthrax, and it listed each band member. Yeah, and they even mentioned fucking Buckethead. Aye, uh, but I've I've not went and listened to it like on its own because in the first half of the film there was some score that yeah. was not heavy metal. It was like when the action kicks in, is like when the heavy metal kicks in. Uh, which which perfect. That's kind of what you want. Yeah. Uh, and you're so, like when the action sequence get the fucking heavy metal like all oh, the shredding let's get this going but they did try and set some atmosphere at the start and it was like a a space age score it wasn't like a a synthesizer at this stage because that's it we're in 2001 he maybe was uh, being a bit more up to date with what music he was using because obviously this is when he released his anthology album this was the part of it yeah. he went as I guess as far as was vampires, uh, still uh, vampires was the latest one there, film I on there. And I think it was like seventy four to ninety eight. Yeah, aye, because that's vampires, isn't it? Ninety eight. So, so I think in why maybe just because of like so much collaboration with Anthrax, it probably would have been more complicated to take a yeah, track yeah. from that. But aye, I'd be interested in listening to it on its own now because uh, it's, it's, it's on Spotify. Aye. And there's Anthrax playing as well, so it, you can, it's a decent, it's actually like a decent tune. Yeah. Now, one thing obviously you can't really forgive the film for is it's, it's CGI at times. Aye. It, it's definitely a bit rough around the edges, and for the fact that it is from the year 2001, yeah. there's been so much superior CGI even before then. Like you had The Matrix in 1999. Yeah. And I feel maybe that had a like a slight influence on this. Maybe uh, just some, even... uh, some of the fight scenes I noticed was a lot of, like it was almost like like martial art choreographed. Yes. And I think it was, and I'm sure I wrote that down as well. Actually, I'll just double check. But I did get a kind of feel was maybe they were trying to maybe jump on the Matrix bandwagon. Even the costume design, like mm. the what were they cried the the MPD the Mars Police Defense uh. or. So the fact that they were all in black trench coats, yeah. To be honest, at times I was thinking, man, this 
this should just be it doesn't make any sense but it just feels like this is what like a video game movie like how you kind of have like Street Fighter Mortal Kombat it ah, feels like this is like a video game like a movie that's been it's based on a video game yes like as if it was fucking Doom like it just feels like an old PC game has been turned into a yeah. like a first person shooter like Quake like that that could be like if they change some elements to it like there's never been a Quake movie, but no. that, that just kind of looks like what it would probably turn out to be if they'd done that in 2001. Yeah. Was there any other comparison to The Matrix you were saying? Uh, no, it was just about the uh, some of the fight scenes I kind of picked up on. Mm-hmm. But aye, the, the real bad parts of CGI, I think at its worst, is maybe when you got like your introduction to, to Whittock, when she was coming through on a hot air balloon. Oh, uh, and, and it was blown up. Ah, and it's like her, and then the ground passed underneath her. Must be in some sort of green screen, and and it was just the fact like this that's like a big cast in this movie. Yeah, like, you've got the the police force, and that they start in a big number because you've got a uh, Jason Statham, you've got the other dudes, you've got that Clea Duvall, you had Pam Greer, and then you've got uh, Natasha, and then you've got. Desolation Williams, you've got Uno, Dos, Tres, yeah. and then there's a fucking lassie and a hot air balloon just swings by, yeah. drops in on them. Then you've got inmates that are there already. Some lassie that looks like she's an extra in fucking coffee. And then a couple old dudes. Yeah. So you're just thinking, what the fuck? This is quite busy. But right enough, when the shit goes down, the numbers reduce quite fast. Uh. There was one part in the film that I completely forgot about and I, I fucking laughed my ass off at it. It was oh. when the guy with the fucking, with the can, with the wee, with like a machete or something. Yes, he's and the bit, he's fucking stoned with like, aye. what looks like a vape pen nowadays. Yeah. But aye, he's sitting smoking crack and he's fucking opening the tin and takes his thumb <laughs> off. <laughs> the part of me uh, is like that's not going to happen like, I know and then it's dead. like because it's, it's not even really got like a reaction and then he holds up the can oh, he's like, and, he's then that the, and then the camera pans out and it's his fucking thumbs basically and all the blood's fucking spitting out and he's like mm-hmm. and like fucking like, Ice Cube's just like you dumb motherfucker exactly I did I have to admit I do find uh, the the one that's his brother Uno Aye. quite funny where uh, Desolation sitting introduced him to Natasha's character. Was like, this is Uno does treasure. Like, oh, Uno, you must be the nice one. I was like, yeah, I'm not like Desolation. I'll cut your fucking tits off. And then she fucking, like, starts grappling, punches him in the throat, and he's like, oh, fuck! And she fucking puts him in an arm bar, and he's like, man, I ain't talking to you. And she goes to break his arm. He's like, I'm sorry. And he's fucking looking at his pal. He's like, Where, where's my backup? I fucking, kid who I genuinely thought he looked like. He looked a lot like Michael B. Jordan. Aye. Aye. I never... How oh, did I see it? I was thinking there's like a, it's a, a tall black actor, but I can't fucking think of who he is right now. Um, but I did like the fact that he was just thick as shit. Like, there's that sequence where they managed to point the guns, get uh, Desolation out of the, the prison cell, open it, and they all go in to give him a group hug. And then they just shut the cell door, and the big guy's like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> like, "Oh, you fucking idiots!" But I didn't like him. Like when he was threatening to cut her tits off, and then she fucking batters him in front of his pals. Yeah, 
I felt that the can the way they dispatched the fucking Big Daddy Mars was a bit bit shitty. I was kind of expecting a bit a bit better. Go yeah. and remind me of that. Because that was also when they're on the train and they've yep. done hook it and they've set the oh aye, it's like they, a wee mini nu- aye, like nuclear weapon. They suddenly found all the dynamite that was in the train. Aye, and fucking Ice Cube triggers it and hooks it off. Yeah. Aye, that is a strange way. You think it would have had a more significant death than being yeah. cut on the trolley left on the train full of dynamite. Uh, because that's a, the funny thing about the film is it's all kind of told in flashback. Aye. You've got her having to go to in front of the council and explain her actions why she's came back on a, a ghost train of all things. Yeah. Where she's just fucking handcuffed to a bed on her own. And then you also find out why she's handcuffed. Yes. And it obviously gives the impression that shit's still going down because you got to see like that, that big aerial image of the red fog coming yeah. to the, the the city of Chris Christ. Ah, it's like Chrysler or ah, Chrysler or something, I don't know. Yeah. Something space age. Yeah. You know, there is something strangely fun and mindless about seeing Ice Cube, Jason Statham and the crew when they decide it. They have like a plan and then they think, fuck it, let's just run down with machine guns and shoot all cunt just to get uh, to the station. There's just something that really entertaining about that. Digging if it's like that, and then you've got Anthrax getting it full pelt uh, in the background. I mean, the thing is, it's about it. Like we were saying, it ticks all the boxes if you're 14, 15 year old. Aye, if you're not expecting much of a film, you just want to see some mindless action. Fuck it, make it sci-fi. Let's put it on a on a planet like Mars, and they're fighting orc-style aliens, and they're all throwing homemade hand grenades. Yeah. Where. And they thought, right, we've got detonators, let's stick them in cans of food. Because, fuck it, why not? Why? There's just something like, where it's like, can what? Not every film needs to be Inception. Nah. It doesn't need to be Interstellar, it doesn't need to have complex, intricate plots that fucking weave in and around each other. Sometimes, let's just give them fucking yeah. platinum machine guns. And, like, and the thing is, well, like, when you see like films like that, and you see when you read like the actual, like, film critic reviews and they absolutely shite on it it's like they actually expect every film to be like fucking like this the godfather or right, something like, right let's have a look at this Oscar contender Ghosts of Mars <laughs> like no no like when you like if I want to watch like, a, a decent film and stuff I've not seen it yet and I'm on like IMDB I'll read like the user reviews mm-hmm. I mean obviously you do get people that proper shit on it and then it's good to see like, a mix yes. rather than just all bad aye aye cause because like, when I was reading some of the reviews the night like one of the titles of the review was like another positive review mm-hmm. and that's it you, you nailed it on the head earlier when you said guilty pleasure like that's probably a good way to describe it yeah because there's a guy in my work that more or less described it as that like, yeah when you're flicking through the channel and it's already half an hour in fuck it, I'll just watch the last hour. Because yeah. it doesn't get worse. It's just yeah. some good action. And there's it doesn't get... It's consistent. It's probably a better way to describe yeah. the way it plays uh, out. Rewatchability? I would say so. I mean, just as I sort of said there, if I was flicking through the channels ah. and it was on, yeah. fuck it, last night, even like, my youngest Alex wasn't settling last night, so he sat on the couch... 
and he was watching it with me and apparently he was thinking and he wasn't freaked out by any of it and yeah. it's like that parent thing's like can I let a child watch this but I feel like there wasn't intestines heads and arms were falling off but that was yeah. it. it was quite clean it was almost cartoony yeah. in a sense it wasn't a ripped down the middle and all the guts it wasn't like the thing or vampires because vampires Ah, it's pretty good for Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah, getting... split in half. Exactly. I probably wouldn't let my son see that just yet. Yeah, or Bone Tomahawk. Oh, aye. Aye, that's it. No. <laughs> Nightmares. I I'm, I'm think I'm done. I'm yeah, I'm literally out of notes apart from the BBT. Oh, that's it. Fucking hit us over the head with it. Go uh, for it. Right. What do you reckon the budget? I think 20, 25. 28. 28. Fine, that's reasonable. Yeah. I imagine well, that's it. directors were getting bigger budgets around that time, but yeah. for John Carpenter, it's at the point where if you were treating his film career like a like a projection line on like a stock market, it was definitely on a decline yeah. of like, his hits. Uh, do you reckon he made his money back? No. How badly do you think it's going to get money back? Let's just say, let's, let's, let's say 25. Um, domestically, it made 8.7 million. Okay. And, okay, maybe uh, I was meaning worldwide. <laughs> foreign, it made 5.3. So it only made f- 14. Ah, that hurts. Eh? Yeah. It was, it was a strange one. And I guess maybe it was just his hardcore audience or... Yeah. People that just wanted a mindless action film because yeah, two thousand one. I'm thinking if that was when audiences like were Lord getting... of the Rings and yes. Harry Potter. Aye, that's it. I guess there is a lot of lot of other things. You'd be surprised he was still doing films. You were thinking, yeah, John Carpenter. You would the fact that because that's it. He is really like the king of the eighties. Aye, because that's a, that's the only thing that I feel that is the biggest thing against this film is the fact that it looks really dated. Yeah. It totally looks like a film for the early 90s, yet it is 2001. And I think that when people look at it, it's like, man, this film looks ancient. Yeah. I think I probably probably would pick it up on Mm Blu-ray, but not the price that we're seeing online now. No. Definitely not. If I could find it for under a tenner, totally. Yeah. Ideally, that that fucking... Is it Indoscope? One that's... Indicator. Yes. Indicator. Well, one is... One is Christine and it's fucking uh, it's vampires for that one, vampires and ghosts of Mars. They also did do Christine as well. Aye, Aye. Christine's fucking like it's never going to go fucking lower than twenty quid. I know it's, it hurts me so it. much to see that because <clears throat> it's totally one of those films that I feel we should all own, but it's just yeah. they're making it really expensive for us. Uh, trivia, um, the film had actually quite a lot of trivia notes, and there was actually a a lot of good interesting trivia notes yeah. and I actually picked like four of my like decent ones like four, four of the ones I quite liked much of the filming took place at a it's a, a gypsum mine they call it it's like in Mexico and Aye. it was all filmed like at night okay uh, and the set was sprayed with a biodegradable red food dye ah. to give the like Mars, the Mars effect right yeah. okay so it's only basically it's only filmed at night time. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, just so yeah. it saves them to do any CGI and yeah. things. Um, and 
this, this was my favourite, favourite piece of fucking trivia, and we touched on this. Mm-hmm. Originally, the project was going to be called Escape from Earth. Ah. Uh-huh. And it was going to be the third uh, plus confirm. Ah, right, aye. Yeah. And it was going to hear like, kind of like the same, like, plot and stuff, and it was going to hear Pliskin with, like, that group of characters, but because uh, Escape for LA fucking absolutely bombed, the yeah. studios, like, decided against it. Oh, man. Fucking studios ruin everything. <laughs> I know. Like, that would have been amazing. Yeah. The thing is, I think people still I reckon as well, that. right, put a fucking Pliskin cameo in it, and it would have been so good, it would have been so relevant. Exactly. Have the fucking snake... Tattoo symbol somewhere or, or, or Jack Burton. Oh. <laughs> exactly, just a fucking portal I mean, it, opens yeah, up and the Pork Chop right. Express drives on through. <laughs> How's that for an ambiguous ending? Aye, it's like, there's a fucking check in the mail, Jack. It's <laughs> fucking putting the van into reverse, going to wang! <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Amazon one star reviews. There's probably going to be a few. There's a, there's a chunk, let's see. We've got, I think it's 144 reviews and 16 one-star reviews. Ah, that's not bad. Yep. Obviously, we do these reviews here to encourage you to visit filmsofswearing.com and do your Amazon shopping. Black Friday is creeping up. Perfect time to go pick up some deals. So go to filmsofswearing.com first, then click on our Amazon link and do your shopping as normal. It's a great way to support the podcast. And buy yourself some cool shit at the same time. So, I always like it when some kind just reviews their experience of watching the film in like a sentence. So our first one is by person that cries himself Simba in the review. Shit all in French. I don't speak French. Alright. So I think if they, they got a copy that was fucking wrong language settings, I can. It doesn't even mention what it does mention it was a verified purchase on Amazon, so they bought it from Amazon, but it was in French. And yeah. Simba don't speak French. Um, yeah, on Amazon, it's currently priced at £18.26. <sighs> Special features are, 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 are a plenty. I see. That's where it gets us. Like when yeah. I am a sucker for special uh, features. Audio commentary by John Carpenter and Natasha Hendricks. That's good. When um, watching it, I was like, who the fuck is Natasha Hedder? Six minute behind the scenes at the recording sessions with John Carpenter and Anthrax and Buckethead. Oh, fuck. As they're recording the score. That would actually be quite a good bit to see. Um, a video diary, a 17 minute uh, making off. So they show the set and all that. Um, original trailer, new and improved subtitles, limited edition exclusive booklet with a new essay by Nick Prinker and some assuming it's like production notes and shit. Yeah. Or you can buy it pre-owned at 14... 14 17. Still good enough, but... But you can buy a double pack with vampires for 15.94. It doesn't fucking say... What, if the special features are intact? Yeah. I feel it has to. They can't combine them and remove special features. It feels like it's one of those things where I'm going to have to buy it off Amazon and when I get it, look at it and if it's missing special features, just return it. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the reviews. Alright, oh, there is no special feature. Both the films are on one disc. 
Is it? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Right, that's not... Um, let's have a look at CX and see if they have a more respectable price. Why is it, why is it when I type in CX? Did they come up with a fucking website now? Ah, uh, that's a bit of a letdown. Yeah, because if it did, I maybe would have shaved for that. Aye, a nice combo box of, like, the two of them in the one set. Like, why can't you just put the two discs in one case? Yeah. Why do you have to strip all the special features? Very bizarre. You done any shopping on Amazon lately? Nope. Nah. There goes that lead. Uh, no, I've literally not shopped on Amazon for a good while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a seven out of fifteen. On its Todd, like yeah. goes to Mars. Aye. Yeah, on its Todd. Yeah, I feel like it, it has to be one of those things I find in the wild. Like if you're out in the shop and you see it and go, <gasps> like, is this the time yeah. where I pick it up? Nope, I go ahead of myself there. <laughs> I thought this is a steal, but it's not the right one. Next time on the Films and Swear and Movie Podcast, we will be reviewing Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums from 2001. Yeah. Should be decent. Ah, I've not seen that film in so long. Yeah, I feel it's, it's been a good few years. Like, maybe it's scarily enough, it might have been 10 years yeah. since I've seen that film. I see uh, Netflix has uh, the Grand Budapest. Oh, aye. On, and I'm always kind of... I reckon I'm 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 assuming that everybody does this with Netflix. You go watch something and you spend about ten, fifteen minutes fucking scrolling through everything before you decide on something and the thing you decide on is something that you really just can't be bothered with, you just want something on it. Yes. I think I put on a, a Josh Berenthal film called Sweet Virginia and it was just something a, a I think the trailer must have looked good. And I got about 10 minutes in there. It just annoyed me that much. I switched it off. And then I ended up watching a Will Forte film that was all about... Um, it was a, sort of like a semi-biographical film with the guys that founded National Lampoon. All right. And that wasn't bad at all. But, yeah, my fucking... Like, my list is just fucking spiralling out of control of stuff I've been meaning to watch, but I will continually look past it to watch something else. Um, if you want to follow us on social media at FAS Podcast works for Twitter, Instagram Facebook and Patreon remember Patreon will be closing down come January so if you want access to all our extended episodes uh, wrestling commentary videos I mean, not videos, just wrestling commentaries go to patreon.com forward slash FAS Podcast and there we pledge then you'll get full access to our audio archive. And other than that, I guess it's time to tell our audience, ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week. Yep. Or I'll cut your fucking tits off. Uh.